G'day beer lovers and welcome to The Antidote, a series of special episodes of Brews News Live. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. In this series, we hope to engage with you, the beer community, to share their uh, insights of uh, those around us, get some ideas, some strategies, and to provide an online gathering place. Think of us as your virtual beer garden, and you are all very welcome. Today on the penul- penultimate regular episode of The Antidote... Scheduled. We scheduled <laughs> yes. Sorry, that, that voice you hear. <laughs> I'm joined every day by my good Matt, Matt Kierkegaard. Well, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but only for the end, podcast. Till this, end of this week. Matt Kierkegaard, g'day Matt. G'day Pete, how are you? I'm very well. You kind of jumped in there, so I haven't introduced the... Oh, you... Matt, what guests have we got on today? Well, but before we do that, yeah, I mean, we, we, we touched base, we touched on the end that we sort of thinking, well, you know, have we outlived our usefulness um, doing this? And I, I don't know, Pete, my Facebook feed is filled with, um, you know, online um, catch-ups, you know, uh, whether it's uh, Mick Hulse, who has been a regular listener, is having, you know, has his own, but... I've seen um, Ballistic have been doing a, a regular one, and I've seen today that Jane Lewis, who was one of our first guests, um, is doing one in the Tiki Lounge tomorrow. So, you know, it's been interesting to see how, um, and I should say this is apropos your interest, you know, it's a, it's a getting together. How many getting togethers um, have sort of emerged since? <laughs> We're going to need actual isolation at the end of isolation. <laughs> yeah. We're so sick of connecting with everybody in ways that we never had before. Um, to wit, uh, last night, first episode of um, Virtual Ale Stars, um, ah. 50, which was really, really interesting. It was it was an absolute cracker. Um, now Steve Jeffers, of course, is not a man who does things half-assed in any way, shape, or format. You know, uh, so he had organised everything. You submitted your teams. You, you got you organised your your teams, and then your screen name was your first name, and then the first part of your team name. And then what he did was then organise breakout rooms so that you could do the <laughs> trivia, um, talk amongst yourselves with with just your team. And then you, uh, the captain would submit the the trivia answers, and Mark and Damien from uh, Blizzard Brewing up in uh, the High Country, yes, were were the guests. The tap house organised four packs of the four beers that we'd be sampling at Ale Stars, so you could come in during the the week before and pick up your beers, have them fridged and ready, and then drink along with the brewer. The tasting notes were provided. Uh, Shandy cobbled together a reasonable interpretation of. Uh, uh, a hosting effort, which was great, and uh, it was just as I say, just something really different. It had all the for those who who, who know or who have been to Ale Stars, it had it t- ticked all the boxes. It had all of the touchstones, um, but it was just a, a, a little bit different. So what it was. It was great. What platform did they use to for, for for these breakout rooms and and all of that extra? Uh, this one was Zoom. Oh, Zoom. So okay. It, 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 we we just received an email with a link, and you just clicked on the link. Um, and that basically gave you the uh, automatic entrance into the waiting room. Steve would then, you know, uh, open up to the, you know, check that, yep, okay, they've registered, they've got a team, and uh, and let them in. Wow. Okay. That's, that sounds uh, really, really cool. Maybe, uh, I mean, James Davidson did say at the start that we should look at doing this on Zoom, but uh, again, I'd... Well, well James just... is also just uh, in the chat room. Uh, noted that Zoom Pro has breakout rooms. Steve must have paid the dollars for the extra features. As you said, he doesn't mess around when he does something. You're going to do something. And this was this was so 
to the tap house's credit, the first thing they did when lockdown started, when the stage, stage three restrictions came in, was that they paused all like automatic payments for um, for, for Alestar members, uh, and said, you know, however long it takes, we'll add that many onto your um, Alestar membership. And then this one last night was totally free of charge. Oh wow! Oh, that's that's excellent. So you know and. You know, it, 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 we're seeing so much generosity and so many, you know, so much goodwill from from the industry. But uh, yeah, but as I, yeah, I, I just wonder, are we going to be sick of the sight of each other <laughs> sitting in our underpants? <laughs> oh, sorry, is that not how you're supposed to do it? Anyway, um, now the other thing too, uh, a quick update because we're good at doing updates, Matt. And and I figure we've got to kind of wrap this up. It's kind of like you know when you know that the network hasn't greenlit the next series, so you you know your favourite series is going to. Not, it can't end on a cliffhanger. You've got to start tying up all the loose ends. So uh, an update, we spoke to James Grujon from yes, the Good Beer Co. We did. And this morning received an email, uh, Good Beer, Good News. Uh, we're up to 1,025 four-packs have been donated. Over 20,000 so dollars. Two weeks, just under two weeks. Yeah. The hey, only hey, thing is there are still 8,546 essential workers who have registered to receive a four-pack, so that's, we do still need more. But that's only 20 bucks. Now, I went on and, and um, donated a, a few multiples. Oh, okay. I, I donated uh, you know, a, a number of multiples on behalf of Brews News because, you know, again, this, this is one – I'm often a little bit wary of the businesses that put a charitable component into it almost to, you know, to, to plug at your heartstrings for what is really a business. But, you know, knowing James and having seen him operate, he really does do it um, out of the goodness of, you know, his own, you know, really, he, he, want, he would like to make a social enterprise out of it, but he's certainly not getting paid at the moment. But the thing I liked about this is it was, the donations were going to independent craft breweries, including an, an alcohol-free one, and then those gifts were being given to emergency service workers or you know essential workers, and I just thought everything about that was benefiting um, in a really positive way. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's and it's uh, you know uh, the thing about this one, the email that I received uh, this morning uh, had really just heartfelt, wholesome, but really genuine. Um, uh, thank yous from so you you could uh, when you when you donate you can send a message to the uh, to the anonymous recipient um, and people as they register can also just sort of give their thanks and so it's really nice to sort of to 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 see in print you know that um, that you're being thanked for for doing something like that so again silver linings there's uh, you know, we've got to take what we can absolutely that's good out of this yeah speaking of silver lining that's a little bit what we're talking about today um now actually we, we've got him on the line so we might go straight to uh nick boots and welcome nick boots to uh the antidote thank you man thank you prof I don't, I, G'day, I, nick. thanks for joining us <laughs> yeah hello mate thank you very much thanks mate i was actually going to say you know talk about god it was January that I caught up uh, w w with you and Benny Summons to find out uh, about the change, the, the changes that took place at the end of last year at, at Stone and Wood. And, you know, when we caught up in January, who could have thought that so soon after we would be in such a drastically different situation? Oh, no one, no one on earth would have, would have wished for this bloody horrible situation. Um, no, it's 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 a shit show. There's no other way to put it. Is there? <laughs> and um, uh, you know, I, I've just got 
I'm just a little bit more positive than I was a week ago. It feels like there's some green shoots. You know, the infection numbers seem to be coming down. You know, I think they're talking about uh, maybe it's elective surgery starting again next week and then there'll be a whole conga line of things that will come back to life. Uh, you know, I fear that pubs will be towards the end of that and I think I understand that. Um, but at least if we start ticking boxes, um, then at least it's heading in the right direction, hey? Absolutely. And one of the things that intrigued me is, you know, obviously Stone and Wood is a... New South Wales business, but northern New South Wales, so just across the border from Queensland. And a lot of your executive team and a lot of the uh, the, the, the staff work just across the border in Queensland. Um, and the, the border's been closed down. So how, how are you guys managing all of that? <laughs> yeah, no, we're Please sneaking across. crossing the river somewhere. <laughs> oh, shit. We're sneaking across in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> um Oh, it's like the old movies, you know, you're stuck at the border and, you know, papers, papers, everyone. <laughs> and uh, so, someone makes a run for it and the dogs chase them. So uh, are you wear, yeah. wearing a fedora and a trench coat as you sort of... Uh... <laughs> Absolutely, 28 degrees. It's lovely. <laughs> Just slip a um, four-pack of Pacific Ale and uh, that'll grease the yeah. wheels of, uh, of bureaucracy. It's amazing the doors you can open with Pacific Ale. It's right. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, look, it's really odd. Never thought it would happen in my own country. Um, but, um, you know, the government, to their, to their credit, have set up a good system and the, the cops on the border are, are great. Uh, and, you know, you so everyone prints off a, um, a declaration uh, and sometimes you have to show a business card. Queensland number plate helps. Um, and... Um, yeah, yeah, it takes a little bit longer, uh, particularly at busy times with people commuting. But there's there's at least a dozen of us uh, crossing the border uh, most days, and it's uh, you know one day I'll tell my grandkids about it. They probably won't believe me, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's real, and uh, we're just we're just having to manage. And mate, how's things going at the brewery? Um, because I said in the um, event listing uh, that. Stone and Wood is Australia's largest independent brewery. So you guys have you know, a, a significant keg distribution um, business, but you've also got a significant uh, package business. How's you know, how are those two arms going for you guys? Yeah, we um, one going really well. The other not so well. Um, <laughs> you know, our, our business was was pretty much fifty fifty down the middle. Yeah, you know, if anything, skewing a little bit towards keg, um, particularly with our with our venues um, mixed in there as well. Um, so that disappearing um, has been significant. There's, there's no other way to, to put that. So it's really challenged us to be, um, to be really creative um, and, and, and adapt uh, to, to the new world. So, but it's also, you know, that's opened up new opportunities and whether that be to, um, to tune up our beer club um, and that whole online space, which is something that we, we got onto sort of a year ago, and so fortunate for um, for that year we've put into it uh, already. Um, but also, you know, we also haven't been able to supply all the demand that we've had from a retail point of view for or well, forever. Um, <laughs> so you know, that's been um, lots of people swear about us for uh, for that reason. But you know what? Um, you know, silver lining. Um, we've now got capacity there, doing no draft to be able to supply. Um, those bottle shops in um, in regional areas um, uh, in you know, WA, SA, 
um, and, and some of the supermarkets as well that we just we've always been cautious about being able to keep up with their demands. So we've we've declined ranging opportunities. So we've just been in a just an incredibly fortunate position to be able to get back on the phone, um, beg forgiveness, and, um, <laughs> and and you know pick up some distribution opportunities. Um, which have, have really helped us out and really keeping our, our nose just above water, if you like. But I guess that's a potential rod for your back as well, because having been very careful about ranging, getting your beers ranged in package format and suddenly now going, hey, guys, we'll, we'll give it to you. What happens when the pubs open again and keg beer is going out again? How do you manage those same relationships rather than sort of, you know, sort of saying, well, don't need you anymore? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we we can't do that if um if we're giving these um these new customers who've been good enough to give us an opportunity to to have a bit of space in their stores, um, we need to continue to to build that relationship and honour that that unwritten supply um uh, agreement, which means um you know we'll uh, we're already pedalling fast behind the scenes as to what does our demand look like when the world returns to normal. Um, you know, so what are our you know what are our peak volume requirements, etc. This Christmas was a discussion we only had today, uh, funnily enough, with with those extra retail uh, stores in there. So um, yeah, it'll be more challenging, um, but we're always working toward being able to supply 100% of demand. Um, and now we're jumping in the deep end, and we're we're going to have to do it well, one way or the other. So it's a at least it's a good problem, you know, to have. To be honest, mate, um, I'm not gonna not gonna complain. I know a lot of people would love to have to have the same opportunity as as we did in that case. Nick, part of the, I guess, the the spirit of Stone and Wood is the personal connection. It is the hospitality. It's the, um, you, you, you genuinely feel welcomed into, uh, you know, whether it's a, the tasting room, the brewery, or, you know, a Stone and Wood event. Um, and I guess that's particularly Byron, that's that's then magnified in the the vibe of the of the town. Do you think that sure. um, we, you touched on it before? When things do go back to normal, are people going to be a little bit reticent to to go back to the pub, or do you think that is Byron perhaps a little bit different, and and people will, I guess, embrace? Okay, the curtains lifted, we go back to normal. Yeah, good question, Pete. We're we're working on a number of scenarios at the moment um, of best and worst case scenario. Um, my gut is first week or weeks, um, then people will, will rush back. Um, uh, but then beyond that, um, then people might be a little more watchful and, uh, and, and reticent. Um, uh, as far as Byron as a town goes, but I think it's a wonderful holiday destination and believe it or not, people come to Byron for reasons other than stone and wood. Um, I don't know why you would, but um, <laughs> uh, um, so look, I think Byron and those holiday towns um, will really boom. Actually, with domestic tourism, will become, you know, even even stronger um, uh, as international tourism. I'm going to presume is going to take quite a few years to to really kick off again. So I, I think that'll be great for us from a domestic tap room um, point of view. In in Byron, it'll also help Brizzy. Um, but also, you know, all our great customers in the Northern Rivers um, to get people back into to their pubs is is what we want to see. Yeah, because it really does inform 
I guess, how you guys forward plan. Because if it, if it, if it actually works the other way and people go, uh, okay, the, the restrictions have been lifted, I'm still a little bit toey. I'm happy to go somewhere where there's maybe, you know, I'll catch up with my own friends that I know, but I don't necessarily want to go to a, a big heaving pub on a Friday night just yet. So I guess, you know, that that's going to make your job difficult to, to kind of guesstimate which one, which way it's going to go. It completely. And, you know, will we reopen with restrictions? Um, will we reopen nationally at the same time? Or will it be state by state? Um, will the four metres squared for one person be reinstated? Um, and that's probably where my head is at at the moment. It feels like some states, like a WA, for example, um, uh, have got very low infection rates and they're so damn isolated over there. Um, then they've got the opportunity to perhaps reopen sooner than a Vic um, uh, or New South Wales that seem to be suffering um, simply because they've got a greater population. I think that staggered piece would be great, certainly from a supplies point of view, and that gives us a chance to ramp up in each state progressively. But, um, hey, if it all got turned on the one time, um, we'd take it. It's, it's, better for, it's better for the whole industry um, to be open sooner rather than later. And whatever comes, we'll, we'll deal with it. But we are, you know, we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes um, on, on planning for those scenarios uh, so we can, we can flick the switch when such a scenario um, transpires. We've spoken to a lot of our guests about, uh, you know, turning the tap back on. To, to coin a phrase, and if that happened, let's say tomorrow, realistically, how long before the stone and wood machine like gets back into top gear? Yeah, um, good question. Also, a very um, a regular topic of convo. Um, so we're making quite a bit of beer at the moment, and it's going into pack, and where we're building um, some stock, good stock on hand of pack, and we've obviously got quite a bit of green beer there, um, you know, sitting before transfer. So, you know, that's one of the benefits, green beer. You can, you've got some good tank time um, there, uh, and you haven't paid excise on it, etc. So, um, we'll, you know, certainly as we get towards June, July, August, September, um, that'll give us more flex so we can flick the switch and go, um, okay, we're ready to go, you know, and let's, let's keg that, um, that beer. So, mate, a fortnight would probably do it. We could, um, okay. yeah, we could, we could make some of it happen in a week um, on, on, a, on a lesser scale, but certainly logistically, um, it's one thing making beer in Byron or Wollombar, it's another one to then be um, sending it um, around the country. So that might add... Uh, weak in some cases. Uh, yeah, look, from a purely um, selfish point of view, I can't wait for about <laughs> oh, 650 of the 800-odd breweries in Australia to release their uh, properly aged and lagered pilsners that have had like 142 <laughs> days in tank. Yeah, I know. We're going to flood the market. Over. We're going to take over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, nah, it's, we just can't wait. We all talk when, you know... 50 Zoom calls a day. Um, I wish I'd bought shares in Zoom a few months ago. Um, <laughs> and uh, virgin, we're hey? all just, we're all just, no, you're right. We're just frothing for the day that, you know, the doors reopen and uh, um, of pubs and, and then also our own venues too. And we're going to we're gonna have a couple of big lock-ins. Very much looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nick, Matt. mate, thank you very much. We are going to speak to uh, one of your staff, uh, Steve Blick, uh, about the online shop and how you guys have 
been overwhelmed by uh, direct-to-consumer um, sales. But thanks for giving us a little bit of background about the you know, Stone and Wood position and uh, all the very best. And we're, we're looking forward to the border reopening so we can get down to Byron and uh, <laughs> having a couple of those well-aged Pilsners. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much and thanks for your support. And, you know, I think this whole series you guys have done um, has been has been wonderful for the industry. So um, we're, we're very appreciative of that as well. We've, we've been listening intently and, um, yeah, well done to you guys. Right, thank you. Thanks Talk very much, that, mate. That means a lot. See you, fellas. Cool. Take care. Bye for now. Bye, guys. Well, as Matt suggested, and I didn't get a chance to give him a, to pump up his tyres during the intro, but that was Nick Boots from uh, Stone and Wood, and he touched on the ramping up of the online presence that Stone and Wood began about a year ago. And the guy who's uh, <laughs> lucky or unlucky enough to be in charge of making sure that that runs smoothly and keeping that particular hamster on that particular wheel is Steve Blick. Steve Blick, welcome to the antidote. Oh, hey guys, how's it going? Good, mate. No, jeez, I, I can't. I, I can remember the first time we met, but it was it was blurry to be fair, Ingham. Um But mate, you've come a long way. Tell us about uh, what you're doing now at Stone and Wood. Yeah, I think I was um, I was thinking about one of the first times we met. It was uh, potentially in the back of a taxi, trying to do an on-the-spot interview as we were going from one venue to another during Newcastle Beer Week. Um, it was. It was indeed. Bit, bit of fun. Um, but no, mate. I've um, yeah, it's it. That was a while ago, and I've been I've been pretty lucky to be able to work with Stonewood for almost nine years now. So, um, you know, eight years of that out there with our with our customers who have great venues, great bottle shops around the country, and um, and certainly caught up with them in, in all different parts of the country as well. Um, and then, kind of interesting timing a year ago for me with um with starting to give a bit more attention to our director drinker uh, and, and our online store. We've, um, we've always had an online store and it just made sense a year ago to start giving it more attention. And um, I was pretty excited to, to sort of get involved with that opportunity. And, and on another note, I've, I've sort of, since we've met um, all those years ago and, and caught up along the way, I've since had a family and I've got two young kids. So, not uh, not being out there flying around the country and being in bars and pubs and bottle shops uh, five nights a week, it's actually um, yeah, it's actually been a benefit to um, raising a young family. Who would have thought? It's a hard gig being so, in, in beer sales, isn't it, Steve? Oh, it, it might be a step too far because it's a lot of fun too, right? Oh, it's um, a lot of fun. But it is, but it's but it's, but it's, it's to be fair, fun, it's, it's, it's yeah. better suited to a single man's game. If that makes oh, sense, I, I think so. Um, certainly, uh, different challenges when you when your kids are changing uh, daily and you're away for a week and they look different a week later when you come back. So it's um, it's nice to be closer to home uh, the last little while. And particularly given that a, a fair chunk of your business is is out of hours. Uh, it's it's not like you can't do a lot of your stuff sort of, you know, very early in the morning, you know, before venues are open and that sort of thing. So um, you do have that sort of, you, you miss that dinner time or the, you know, after school time quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a trade-off, right? Because, um, you know, you, the, the best operators out there are running pubs. They're not, uh, they're not sitting at home on a Friday night. They're in their pub running it, uh, making sure that they've got a great offer and, and, for us to be relevant to them, uh, it makes sense we're out there when they're 
when they're doing their thing as well, not just dropping in out of hours. So, mate, when this all happened, what did you guys do to, I guess, uh, adjust, dare I say, pivot um, and, and change what you were doing in terms of the online presence? Yeah, it, it's. Um, I'm not sure if it's a full full pivot. Uh, there's some stuff we've been working on. It, it was probably just uh, turned up a bit. It is amplified a bit as more people look to go online to grab what they needed online. Um, you know, we all know a big big chunk of takeaway beer that people consume is is consumed within you know, eight hours of purchasing it. So we're all quite familiar to, to going into the local bottle shop and grabbing what we need, but, uh, or going to the pub to have, have a beer, but COVID kind of meant that we, we couldn't do that the way we normally would. So everyone, a lot of people looked to online and we found just a lot more people were grabbing beer from online and, and probably our, our biggest challenge was just making sure we could internally rise to that challenge. We, we fulfill all our orders from the, from the brewery. Um, and so making sure we could actually support um that that growth um yeah and then and then every day is different right because we might have one idea one day but then the rules might change the next day so we've just um been trying to adapt and communicate with each other to, to make sure that we're, we're doing the right thing each day and we're still relevant to what people are looking for so yeah. steve tell us about you know i i i, I with stonerwood being one of the easier to get um bottle shop beers, uh, particularly in the metropolitan areas. I, I can't imagine that you'd be shipping out too many um, cartons of Pacific Ale. Is, is, is the online direct-to-consumer business before COVID-19, was it much more about the specialty and one-off beers and maybe some merch? Am I guessing right there? Oh, completely right. Like there's, there's definitely people grabbing Pacific Ale from the online store, but uh, that could be because they can't, find it in their bottle shop where they live, whether it's it's regional or inner city. Um, or it might be that they're already shopping online because it's more convenient for them and that and that's how they like to do their shopping. Um, so the, the people could be grabbing Pacific Ale then. But you're absolutely right. A big part is um, just, you know, people struggling to find Jasper Ale or, or Gatherer or Garden Ale um, and knowing that they uh, they can always come back to us to, to get that beer, even if they can't find it in a pub or in a bottle shop. Um, and it's not even just their local bottle shop. They, some people might be looking at five or six bottle shops uh, and not able to find our beer before they come and inquire with us. And, and we let them know that they can grab it from the online store if they like. Okay. And, and then you've got your... Um... You know, all of the offshoot uh, beers like Counterculture and Forest for the Trees, are they all through the same yeah. online store? Yeah, it's it's very much a stone and wood, um, you know, website, online store. That's it, kind of all the, all the value we've built up in the stone and wood brand. So it is fairly focused on, on stone and wood products. It, there's not Forest for the Trees on there. Um, the Counterculture is absolutely. Uh, people know which bottle shops they can get them from, but they also know that when they're released, they can come and get them from us uh, on the online store. Uh, and then there's like a little a, a little beer club we've set up, um, which is really, it's really just a, a connection piece. You know, people being able to um, hear from us a little bit more behind the scenes of some of the things we're doing, being able to talk more uh, pointy end beer stuff, if you want to use that term. Um, and just being able to get access to those beers again because they might not always be able to get access in their in their local area 
And has that changed much now um, that there have been the lockdowns? Are you seeing people are just trying to get even Pacific Ale? Because um, we, we had a, a note in the chat room, Luke Phillips ordered some beer direct from Stonewood last week and it arrived the next day. I'm just wondering whether people are starting to get their um, Pacific Ale from you as well. Uh, I think so. I, I think so. People are starting to get Pacific Ale. It's, um, it's tricky to know all of the motivations behind that, you know, like... Um, I guess a couple months ago, there weren't a lot of places you could buy a beer online. So if you are an online shopper, um, you might have come to us even for Pacific Ale. Um, there's, there's definitely amazing to see how many options that have popped up in the last month. And um, there's probably a lot of people buying Pacific Ale from, you know, click and collect or same day delivery down the road or uh, um, any one of the bottle shops that are now uh, sort of putting up their online offer. Um, but we de- yeah, there's definitely people buying Pacific Ale from us. Um, maybe they, yeah, maybe they've connected with us in some reason from a, from not an event, of course, at the moment, but uh, through something that we've sent out to uh, drinkers. Um, maybe they've, um, yeah, they've seen our beer online and for them, that's, that's one way that is convenient for them to purchase it. And have you noticed that there has been a big spike in demand? Because I, I think Nick um, Boots was telling me that you've gone from you know, maybe one or two staff to a handful and you've got a whole lot of orders that you're uh, to get to. Oh, yeah, 100%. So um, it's amazing feedback to hear from you that somebody's getting it the next day. That, that's awesome. That means that, um, you know, the, sister, the systems and processes are working. Um but there has definitely been a spike. Uh, people are definitely uh, shopping online and um, and we're seeing that directly with us as well. Hey. Cool. Matt, have you got anything else? Oh, yeah, no, I was just going to say, when you were setting up, because I know that you guys uh, were, were pretty early to the online um, mm. uh presence which considering that you guys have one of the largest you know, probably arguably the largest tap um you know sort of business and also you know very very um you know good uh packaged um business as well what was the thinking in setting up an online store so so soon it's a it's a really good question mate i mean it's um you know i was thinking about something you guys were talking about earlier around the hospitality around stone and wood and to some degree, it's an extension of that hospitality, right? So if you uh, if you visit us online, um, hopefully some of that hospitality on our website and on our on our blogs and videos and stories, hopefully some of that hospitality is coming through. Um, and I think the online store is an extension of that that connection with people and that hospitality. Um, and so it just made sense to do that uh, really early on. Um, I mean. If we kind of if we do take our minds back, and so much has changed, so it's hard to it's hard to fully pick a point five or six years ago. But um, our, our beers certainly weren't super accessible then. Um, yes, we've got good distribution now, but it's you know things things like Jasper Ale and and Garden Ale um, and even Gatherer to to some degree are not super easy for people to find. So uh, as well as that connection, we, we also wanted to be accessible to people who were looking for those beers and, and couldn't find them. 
have you had any of your regular customers, you know, your regular retailers looking a little bit askance and going, yeah, what are you guys doing? Are you going to be our competitor as well as a supplier? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny blurring, isn't it? Because, um, yeah, we are transacting directly with, with drinkers that have drunk our beer at a pub or, or potentially purchased it at a bottle shop before. Um, I don't think so, man. I, I, I think it's great to see a lot of them actually ramping up their online offer because because that is uh, where the world's at. A lot of people are shopping online. So in order to be relevant to that, we, we kind of it's about being available in that medium of, of online purchasing. Um, we've had some some customers interested to know what we've what we're doing. We've had some customers buy buy beer. Uh, like a limited release counterculture two pack online, uh, and just be excited that they could get that uh, through our online store. So we've had a whole mix of um, conversations and interactions with customers around our online store. Uh, but our goal has always been to be uh, complementary and and supporting what is actually happening out there in in bottle shops and pubs. Um, I can guarantee you one thing: we are a minuscule fraction of uh, the online store is a, is a really small fraction of, of the beer that we um, that we sell to our, uh, our retailers and pubs out there and, and all those great relationships we have. So uh, there's nothing we would ever want to do to to change that or uh, have a negative impact on those those awesome relationships we have with so many good customers around the country. And do you have any tips, just, just as I let you go, do you have any tips for any of our industry listeners that are setting up or thinking of setting up online stores about you know, communication and particularly pricing? I'd imagine you wouldn't want to be seen to be undercutting your best customers. No, absolutely not. So, um, yeah, so our, our pricing is in line with our, with our customers around, around the country um, and that's always been really important. Um, and in terms of sort of tips for, for setting up an online store, um, the, the role we play to, to people buying beer from us online is, is different to the role a bottle shop will play to their customers. We can't, we can't sell you uh, a bottle of spirits, you know, a few bottles of wine. Um, we can't sell you a pack of chips. We can't do that for you uh, within two minutes of walking into the store. So. It is a different offer, and I think for anyone setting up an online store, just uh, it's important to know what is it that you offer, what is your point of difference, how are your customers going to connect with you, because it, it won't be the same for, for everyone. Yeah, and I think too it's important to remember that, uh, yeah, like you say, you're complementary rather than competitive, and it's also the important thing is you're maintaining that direct engagement that, as we said right at the start of the of, of this interview, is so essential, I guess, to the core of, of, of what Stone and Wood is all about. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, we've been, you guys are talking about some virtual catch-ups at the beginning of, of this chat, right? Like, that's something we've been scratching our heads about uh, to the point where there's almost no hair left on our heads. Like, how do we, how do we have that hospitality? How do, we, how do we have that connection when we can only do it online? We can't do it in a pub. We can't do a bar shout. We can't do a beer dinner. We can't go to one of the awesome beer weeks around the country to, to catch up with people. Uh, and we've trialled different things through virtual brewery tours, through live Instagram chats. We, we have our awesome, it's only in-house, but we have our, our Friday catch-ups with the team on Zoom. 
and there's always a new haircut or a mustache that pops up in those. They're pretty fun. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's something we want to keep doing is still connecting and um, having that hospitality and it's an extension of that through, through online. Excellent. Well, Steve, look, we wish you all the best um, in these uh, uh, unprecedented times. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I really wanted to say something else, but there's nothing else. It's just, it's, it's unprecedented. It's unprecedented. Um, but mate, from all of us here at the antidote uh, in the chat room, and from uh, Matt and myself, uh, all the best for the future, and uh, we look forward to having a real beer in the new normal. Absolutely. On the other side. Yeah, I, I hope the next time we catch up is uh, going from venue to venue in the back of a cab again. Was, um, you know, <laughs> no, mate, we both have a since those days. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thanks for catching up, hey? It's, it's been really nice to chat with you. Good on you, Steve. Thank you so much. Cool, guys. Have a good night. See you. Thanks, mate. Yeah, look, no surprise, Matt, that Stone and Wood are, uh, I guess, not at the, it's unfair to say they're at the forefront of innovation, but I guess their size has given them a little bit more flexibility. Um, it's handy, I guess, when, like you said, we need, you know, one or two staff to do this. Oh, hang on, orders have gone berserk. We need more staff. They've got the staff that they can that they can draw on. Staff um, that probably and, aren't working, you know, to, making sales calls and things like things like that. So yeah, um, that's it. And it's good to hear too that you know that, that we are our breweries are still able to produce beer. It's just that um, it's that balancing act of well, how much do we stockpile? Uh, because we don't know, you know, when we're going to be able to turn that green beer into you know excisable. Yeah, um, sellable beer, and uh, you know, look, you, you certainly wouldn't want to, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be any brewery at this stage. But I, you know, I, I just get the feeling that some people look at a bigger brewery and think, oh, well, they're okay. But when you hear Nick talking about fifty percent of their business is in kegs, you know, so there's fifty percent of their business um, completely gone, and then on hold, yeah, yeah um, quite, and, and then they also took back all unopened kegs for um, full refund. Um, which which is you know an even bigger bite for them, um, but yeah. So like it, it's just uh, you know it, it's good to hear that everybody is you know sort of pulling together and doing the best that they can. But you know like it, it's always you know surprised me. Um, you know why would a brewery as big as Stone and Wood have a retail? And it was great to hear from Steve talking about that that aspect. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And look, I think everyone makes, uh, what do you call it? Well, you know, exceptions at the moment. Yeah, everyone wants a bite of the pie, but everyone is also <laughs> cognizant of the fact that the pie is particularly small at the moment. And I just had a text, uh, Hugh Doyle, um, one of the uh, Stonewood staff. Huberto. Huberto just uh, texted to say, you know, that Matt, we all found something to do to uh, keep us busy. Why wait? <laughs> That's excellent. Well, listen, Matt, uh, we draw inevitably, as we must, towards the end of our second last episode of The Antidote. Second last planned we'll, episode. Of the planned episodes. We will be back on Friday. And for those listeners, thanks very much for your support. Thanks to everyone in the chat room who's contributed. And yes, I will throw in uh, two outros and you can vote <laughs> on which one's the, the, the more hilarious. Um, but we will be back on Friday. We hope to do uh, maybe some uh, tie, tie up some loose ends and perhaps catch up with some of our earlier guests some who had guests. Uh, intimated that they were going to do certain things, and we'll, so we'll see how they've um, uh, come about. And, and I'm also going to get in touch is. with um, Cameron Dick because he uh, did indicate that he was wanting to come on last week, um, but yeah. this week with uh, Virgin falling over, 
he's, he's been all over the news. He's a busy so, boy, I can imagine. Yeah. I, 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 as I say, I feel for, for those people because they've still got to turn up. They, they, they can't wear their pyjamas to work. They can't, you know, they've still got to be a politician. So you've still got to be in the suit. You've still got to be on. Um, you're still responsible for everything that happens and you're still a spokesperson for, um, for your various government departments. So, yeah, I don't envy... Envy the middle, because I, I would guess they're in the dark as much as we are from sort of from day to day. And, and having seen some of the commentary around, like, keep our venues alive, uh, which is based in New South Wales, but looking nationally. And, you know, they posted uh, this week about, um, you know, they wanted the New South Wales government to enact what the Queensland government's doing. So the Queensland government is really does seem to be getting out there and doing a lot for small businesses. And they put out a, you know, Cameron Dick put out a video today talking about, um, you know, what they were doing for various industries. And I saw the uh, the, the, the guys from uh, Felons pop up there. So I, I know that while we haven't been able to get him on with everything else uh, that's demanding his attention, uh, he, he really does have a focus on what's going on in the brewing industry. So we might see if we can get him Friday as well. Yeah, that'd be great. As I say, yeah, look, spare a thought for your local politicians because they are doing their best. Um, spare a thought also for um, for vegans because they're halfway through week five now of um, where they haven't been able to tell people that they're vegans. <laughs> anyway, are you ready to go? So Friday, producer at brewsnews.com.au for all of your complaint emails. <laughs> I feel for them. All right, uh, Matt. Okay, see you on uh, Friday, Pete. See you on Friday. Thanks, listeners. You're listening to Radio Antidote, and that was System of a Lockdown with their 2001 debut hit, Chop Fluey. And that was Men Out of Work with Who Can It Be Now? No, seriously, don't open the door. <laughs> and we're uh, out. And I got a laugh. You, you, you did out of that one. The first one, I was frantically searching for the crickets button, but yeah, the, the second one wasn't too bad. <laughs>